wonderful name Amen. of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. He is good at all times. Amen. And it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Normally at this time at Oil of Bethel Ministries, we say it is 10 o'clock. Amen. We say it is 10 o'clock. This is the time, this is the hour in which God is going to turn things around in your life. Amen. And if your life was good, he's going to make it for the better. And if your life was bad, he's going to make it for the better. And if all hell was breaking loose in your life, he is going to make sure that he avails himself in a mighty way. Sometimes it's necessary that we need to go through trials and tribulations because without the trials and tribulations, you never have a testimony. Amen. Oh. I said without a trial and a tribulation, yes. there is no testimony. Yes. You must be tested in order to give a testimony of the goodness and the greatness of the Lord in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We have come to a very important time. We also greet our online Congregants, I am told that our sermons are listened to by many people across the world. Amen. Amen. Even as far as Canada. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you want to access our preachings online, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash Prof. Solomon Magola. And that is where you will come across our preachings and all of our sermons throughout the season. Amen. Amen. It's very important that we need to make sure that we keep this word somewhere else. Sometimes I need it myself. And I go and listen at what the Lord was saying on that particular day, on that particular subject. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We are in a series and we are in a season wherein we are talking about the goodness of the Lord, His seven divine promises upon our lives. That once you get to the promised land, you will realize the seven promises of God upon your life. You need to know about these promises. But at the same time, you also need to be aware of the things that can distract these promises out of your life. The fact that God gave you something 
it doesn't mean that you will not lose it. He can give you something and you can lose it yourself. And where you lost it, the Holy Spirit will come and redirect you and you will find it where you lost it. Because the promise, the gifts of God are irrevocable. Once he gives you something, he doesn't come back to take it away again. It's yours for the keeps. But sometimes we lose it. Have you ever been given money and only to find that you lose the money? You know, my, my daughter once told me, I, I, I sometimes give them money with the brother when they go to school. And it so happened that I gave them money. And one day she said, as she was walking with her friends, that look on my brother's face is a look of trouble. I wonder what happened. And she says to her friends, no. And the friend, because he's a good friend, says, no, 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 no. You need, you need, you know, you need a kind of friends who will redirect you back to the way. When, when are we dafties are the way? Let's go and find out what happened. And when they go to him and they asked, why this long face? And he said, I, wrong, I lost something that my father, our father gave us. Our father gave us money this morning and I lost mine. I lost mine. It's such a, a humbling experience that God will give you something and you lose it. God will give you fame and then you lose it. God will give you a career and then you lose it. God will give you life eternal life and you lose it it's out of sight yes. it's still there but something has come between you and that which God has given you he says your sins have separated you from me so that I cannot see you you are on this side and I am on the other side and we can't see each other because of that which you have built yourself in between us. Look at your neighbor and say, break the wall. And the minute you break the wall, you will be able to see God. And at that particular moment, the sister said, oh, I am so sorry, my brother, that you lost your money. And the friend said, no, 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 that's not enough. I think you must give him half of your money. <laughs> You need the kind of friends who will always caution you, who will always redirect your ways from greed and says sharing is caring. If you care about him, you will share with him. God gave me so much and imparted so much in my life and that is why I'm not greedy, I'm sharing with you. That's the only thing that I do. If I don't share, if I don't serve, if I don't give you what he gave me, then I'm not healed. You know, keep up bloated. Yes. I cannot have all of these things by myself. Yes. And that is what we are going to talk about today. We are going to talk about the subject, your divine provision. We spoke about the subject, your divine protection. We started at the subject, your divine direction, that God wants each and every one of us to have direction. 
He is taking your life somewhere else. He doesn't want us to lose direction. We are all tracing our way back to the Garden of Eden where we were eating and where we were doing each and everything, where there was a cool breeze and where there was still water and everything was going so well. And we know that this time we'll get entry because Jesus Christ is our King. Yes, and besides the divine direction, as you are embarking on the way, you have to understand that you'll be under attack. And that's why you need divine protection. But besides the divine protection, remember somewhere, somehow, you are also going to be hungry along the way. That's why you need the divine provision. Amen. Amen. But divine provision is not only about whining and dining. It's not only about food. But there's just so much involved in the subject here. Divine provision. Amen. Amen. When we sing, we say, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider, he keeps on doing great things. We say, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider, you keep on doing great things. Brother Lesejo was uh, confessing this morning and telling his testimony and saying, God keeps on doing great things. And that is what we need out of your life. And we say, we need God to keep on doing great things in your life. I said, I need God to do great things in your life so that someday when you look at this young man, you will say, if it were not of the Lord, by his sight, he wouldn't have grown. One day my mother looked at me and he said, oh, you were born in between two dead babies. I never thought you will grow. And she started to cry. And she said, the Lord has done great things. Amen. Has the Lord done great things in your life? Let me tell you, God is still going to do great things in your life. And the reason why God has done great things in some of our lives is so that we can become your carrot. Because we need to present the word of God believably. I tell people, I say, no, nah, I've never been to a Bible school. But, and I don't speak against those who have been to Bible school. I am not against those who have been in Bible school. But I have been the subject of God. I have been his subject and through his trials and tribulations, through everything that I have encountered, I've seen the love of God in a mighty way. He has provided for me in such a way that I can't believe it myself. He provided for me each and everything. He provided for me life. That's the number one fundamental thing. He provided a family for me. He provided a job for me. He provided positions for me. He provided his word for me. He provided for me in such a way that at the end of the day, his provisions, his blessings are tripping me wherever I go. But the one thing that I did was just to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And everything else was provided. That is how you, that's the trick. That's the whole trick. Because the things that we are surrounded with, I always say, kid side effects. Kid side effects. That is why you have side effects. That's why Sometimes people will fight you for your side effects. 
and they don't know what is it that caused those side effects. And tell them and say it's the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, you see, when we come to the seven promises of God, one very important, meaningful psalm for us in the Bible becomes Psalm 23. However, Psalm 23, in it there are seven promises of God. In each and every chapter. Yes, I know that the psalm is divided into six verses. But the last verse, number seven, you divide it into two. And then it becomes number six and number seven. So in that psalm, each and every verse in the psalm, you can also put it into alignment with the seven ways that Christ spoke on the cross. And the seven ways that Christ spoke on the cross, you can put them into alignment with the seven promises of God upon your lives. Because the one thing, the first way that Christ spoke on the cross was, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. And it was through that word that we were redirected back to his ways. Because as who were sinners, as who were afar, as who were down and out, as who were Gentiles, we were invited in the beloved. He did not see me in relation to what I did, but he saw me in relation to what I can become. And therefore he took over the sins and said, Father, forgive them for what they are doing. What a wonderful thing it is that when you have bullies and your father shows up and your father over a shepherd is bullies, over a father, forgive them for what they are doing. It's a wonderful thing. And at the end of the day, the bully, instead of getting a hiding, ufumana favor, because of you. Then you say, well, I don't have a problem. I have no grudges against what they did to me. Father, forgive them for what they are doing. And that is what mercy is all about. The number one word is all about the mercy. Grace is getting the things that you don't deserve. But do you know what is mercy? Mercy is not getting the punishment that you do deserve. I deserve to be punished for what I have done, but I am not being punished. Now, that is mercy. When we say surely goodness and mercy, yes, I have been a good boy, but I know that I am a, sometimes I'm a do-bad boy from a do-good family. And that's when the mercy of God comes in between. And I will say, you know what? I deserve to be punished here. I once told you about a story about my father when I ran away from him and he had taken out his chambok and instead of punishing me, he just looked at me and said, next time you must not do this again. Otherwise, I was like, oh, the mercy of God. I deserve to be punished, but I did not get the punishment. But today we are going to talk about his divine provision. That God is the God who provides. One of the mottos that I lived by, Hassan Tanegihola, is that the Lord provides. It has been something that I will say again and again and again and again and again until it was imprinted in my human spirit and I believed it with all of my heart that the Lord provides. He does provide. And if he doesn't provide for you, remember you must trust in him as well first. Uh, you cannot just want the presence when you don't have the presence. 
Many people want the presence, but they don't want his presence. And when we speak about the seven divine promises of God, we are talking about the presence. But we must also be careful that it can be taken away from us. Now, we are going to read Psalm 23, verse number 3. And it reads thus, He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Hallelujah. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I'm also going to read in the book of John, chapter 19, verse 25 and 27. Standing by the cross of Jesus, where his, where his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary of Magdala, or Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple, and the disciple there whom he loved, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. And the title of my message this morning is From Shame to Fame. From Shame to Fame. Father, in the name of Jesus. Papa Kabakalamrana Jesu. We believe it with all of our hearts that each and every word that is spoken upon us today, it shall come to pass. We believe it with all of our hearts that the supernatural divine provision shall come upon our lives. We know and we believe it, Lord, that you are the God. We know it with all of our hearts, Lord, that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which we may ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let the saints say Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, it is a wonderful thing to move from shame to fame. But sometimes the opposite happens in life. We move from fame to shame. You'll find that things were going so well. Last week we spoke about the subject, yeah, trial and error. That can you imagine after you have tried things so many times and all of a sudden you are coming trying to come up with this program and you get an error message. You become disappointed. There are times in our lives when we move from fame to shame. And this is a subject that I want each and every one of us to listen attentively. We have to listen attentively because if, if we are going to survive together as a family of Christ, as children of God, we need to be aware of the things that are likely to take us out of the way. You can get to the promises of God, but at the end of the day, you might find yourself losing these promises 
because you might move from fame to shame. The children of Israel, once they got to the promised land, they moved from fame to shame when they were sent to Babylon. They did receive the promises of God because they were guaranteed upon their lives. But they found themselves moving from shame to fame, from fame to shame. But today I want us to speak about this subject. Now, what do you do when you have moved from fame to shame? And how, how do you move from shame to fame? Because, let me tell you, when I'm going to be it doesn't matter how Amen. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The one thing that I like when you are in shame is that it's when you engage into worship. When we are in fame, we engage into praise. But when we are in shame, we engage into worship. You say, Lord, things are no longer like before, but I believe in you. Lord, the car has been repossessed, but I believe you. Lord, the house is leaking, but I believe you. Lord, I have failed my grace, but I believe you. Lord, I did what I was not supposed to do, but I believe you. Lord, they call me a backslider, but I believe you. Lord, they are gossiping about you, me, but I believe you. Lord, they are questioning my belief for you, but I believe you. That is when you are in shame. It is when you are in shame that you come before the Lord and you kneel before him and you start to pray with all of your heart. I was once brought to my knees by a situation at work. But let me tell you, it was through that situation that I learned how to pray and I learned how to fast. And therefore, I am so grateful for that situation. How no kena skolo sa matata sa 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 horapela mzalwane but o hloka hore o be le matata a tla o be yang fase but how will you fase you must know that that is a wonderful chance for you to be able to pray to god ha bo phelo bo be ya fase o tsebe hore o gaufile morena because to be close to god you need to be down on your knees hallelujah now what is this divine provision that we are talking about? Divine provision is nothing else but getting constant supplies from God and receiving directly from God when your source is not man, but your source is God. I said it is when your source is not man, man is not your provider, your boss is not your provider, your husband is not your provider, your children are not your provider, but when God himself is your provider. That is when, that's why we have the word divine provision, that God provides. When you depend on God and you rely on God and you say, I don't know where am I going to get my next meal, but I know that God is going to provide for me. And that is how we come to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. Sometimes you need to be in shame so that you can be able to depend on God. Unless my emo aubea fasi, you are not able to believe in God. Hallelujah. Now when we look at the Bible here, David says he restores. 
my soul. Your soul cannot be restored unless it has been broken. But let me tell you, when your soul is broken, it has been purposefully broken. When your heart is broken, it has been purposefully broken. The heart, yeah, a person which was once broken is not the same as a heart, yeah, a person that is complete. Because once that heart is broken, it will never go back again to being itself again. But let me tell you, the Spirit of the Lord is going to come into that hole and it will make a difference. And you'll have a bigger heart than a person whose heart has never been broken. You will be more tolerant of people's problems. You will be more tolerant of people's weaknesses. You will be more tolerant of people. About this very same problem that I'm telling you about. But why do you have the heart to listen to me? And I said it's because I come there. I know how it feels like to be like you. I know how it feels like to be in that situation. Therefore, I am more tolerant and I'm more understanding because I know. However, if you know better, you can do better. But most of the time, whenever people are saying anything about problems and trials and tribulations, they will always tell you you should have done one, two, three, four, five. But never, ever, never, ever, never, ever, ever, ever say anything bad about a person unless you are sure with ultimate certainty that under the same circumstances you will not do the same thing as well. Never, ever do that. Never judge another person unless you are sure that you will not do the same thing. Under the same circumstances. Never do that. If you don't, if never been through it, you just have to say, I don't know. I'm still waiting for the Lord to reveal it to me on how I need to go through this situation. Many people I read through the social media every day and they give judgments against this person and that person like they do know how we are supposed to, how that person was supposed to run their lives. And they misinterpret the person because they misinterpreting themselves. People who misinterpret themselves, they are likely to misinterpret you. And therefore, the Bible says he restores my soul. Yeah. That which was broken, he is able to restore it. He is able to bring it back together. He provides for me. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. Why does he restore my soul? He restores my soul because he loves me. Amen. He knows that, you know, that's what I'm he knows that when he restores my soul, the only person that I'll give credit to is him and nobody else. He knows that when he restores my soul, that I will always talk about him. I will become his free marketer. I will go around the world and tell them about the goodness and the greatness of the Lord. Because he restores my soul. He provided for me and I'm able to provide for him. He loved me and therefore that is why I love him. He loved me and that is why I love you. Because the salvation of man is in love and it is through love. It is because he loved me and that is why I'm able to love you. And it is because he accepted me into the beloved. When people did not accept me, when everybody was separating from me, when everybody was persecuting me, when everybody said, I am not going to make it in life, he loved me. And he believed in me. When I did not believe in myself, he restored my soul. He believed in me when I did not believe in myself. There was a time when I used to go to a very good school, but with a very bad attitude. Yes. 
Have you ever been in a very good situation but with a very bad attitude? Have you ever been in a very wonderful restaurant but without appetite? Have you ever been on stilettos but only to find that you can't wait to kick them off when everyone is slapping hands for you? Have you ever been in a situation? I once posted on Facebook about a situation wherein I was wearing these beautiful shoes but my socks were torn. And I said, have you ever come across this guy, you know, with beautiful shoes? But the minute they keep their shoes, oh, the 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 feet, the the socks at all. And I found myself in that situation in that school. It was a very good school, but I had a very bad attitude. My father had died the previous years, and wherever I walked around, I walked around in shame. Self-pity. The greatest curse that you can have in this world is a low self-esteem when I'm doing Because with a low self-esteem, you curse yourself. You say, I am not enough. I am less. Nobody's saying anything to you. You look at yourself and you say, less compared to other people. That's when you have the greatest curse in your whole life because you are your own worst enemy and i was my own worst enemy i was in this school but i was my own worst enemy and each and every morning we will go to the assembly and whenever i look around i will see all of these children whose parents were this and that and whose mothers were this and that and my mother was a hawker and i will say well i will not make it in life they brought me in here so that they can shame me I didn't understand that she brought me in there because she was spending her last money on me because she wanted me to be better. I said, no, it's because she brought me here because she wants to make spectacle of me. And therefore, wherever I go to school, I will just hang my head low because I looked down upon myself. And there were moments and times when we will be able to sing an early assembly and there will be this song that we will sing that says, I need you, Lord, I need you. Every hour I need you. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to you. Amen. And every morning we will sing that song and I will sing that song to the top of my voice. I will sing that song with all of my heart and with all of my might. But I didn't believe it. I will say the words, the action seemed right, but the attitude was out of the way. Amen. You can come and you can sing and you can praise and you can do everything else, but if your attitude is not in line with what is in the heart, if your, if your, your words are not in line with your attitude, the Bible says then you are just sounding like an empty teen. I can come here and preach and say all of these wonderful things. But if I don't mean the things that I am saying, then I am doing nothing else. I'm just a showbiz person. Amen. Mm, I'm just a showbiz person. I'm just good in talking. <laughs> but I am not really connected to the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I was in that space. I would say, I need you, Lord. I need you. Every hour I need you. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to you. And guess what? He never came because I didn't mean it. And how do I know that he never came? I failed. Imagine if you are ashamed and now you are failing. Oh, I am ashamed of myself. 
and I have failed. Am I ashamed of failing or I failed to be ashamed? What's going on with my life? It's like my life is going around now. I am ashamed and I am a failure. And I'm ashamed of telling people that I have failed. Amen. I was ashamed of telling people now that I go to that good school and I failed. And you know what did I do? I said I need to run away from this school. And I decided to go and enroll myself in another school without my parents knowing. And I sneaked around and I went to different kinds of school and tried to register there. Because they will not know, even the kids where I come from, that I failed. I ran away. And none of the schools where I, I, I went to were willing to take me. Until I went to one school in the township where my spiritual father stayed. And in that school I met this teacher. And she looked at me and she said, I believe in you. But the problem with you is that you don't believe in yourself says, but that is not a problem. Amen. But I just want you to do one thing for me. Mm. I believe in you, so please help me to believe in yourself. Amen. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do it for yourself. Do it for me. Because when I go, you've lost hope, you're ashamed of yourself, and you think you've failed, okay, no, that's fine. Just help me to believe in you. Amen. And I took her upon the challenge. I accepted the challenge. Sometimes whenever people bring good things to you, you must accept the challenge. You need to say no. We used to say yes, even when you don't understand to what you are saying yes to. I said you need to say yes, Mzalwana, even if you don't know what you are saying yes to. I say yes. Lord, yes. To your will and to your way. I say yes. Lord, yes. I will ask, answer and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, Amen. with my whole heart, I will say, my answer will say, I say yes. I say yes, Lord, yes. And that is what I said. I said to this teacher, ma'am, I say yes. And this time I said it with all of my heart and I said, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes. Yes, I will help you to help me. Are you willing to help people who are helping you? Christ is coming into your life and saying, can we join hands? Can you come with me? Can you believe in me against this particular problem? Can you at least say yes, that we can do this together, that we can beat this together? Because the people that God brings into your life are shadows of Christ. I said the people God brings into your life, the woman that is sitting next to you right now, is a shadow of Christ. The girl sitting right to you right now is, your, is a shadow of Christ. Your answer might be in her and your answer might be in her and you might not know about it. And sometimes you need to understand for the brother that is sitting next to you, Christ is in him and your answer is in him. And I accepted the challenge and I said, I say yes. And the Bible says, if you believe, you will be saved. Ooh. Amen. I said, the Bible says, if you believe, you will be saved. And I said, ma'am, I believe in myself. And then she said, guess what? You have been saved from repeating grade 10. I'm going to put you in grade 11 in this school. And I never repeated grade 10. And that was a miracle. But let me tell you, I studied so hard Ever since then, because I had somebody who believes in me, I had somebody who affirmed me, I had somebody who said, I believe in you. All we need, we need people who believe in us. We need people who believe in us, and I believe in you, that you will be able to make it. 
We need people who will be able to provide affirmation to us and say, you can make it in the situation you find yourself in. You can make it. It doesn't matter that life has shamed you, but I believe in you that you can make it. But the problem is sometimes people believe in us and we don't believe in ourselves. Amen. The problem is sometimes we believe in God, we don't even believe in ourselves. Yeah. God has already made answers. He has already provided so much for us. But we don't believe in ourselves. And if you don't believe in yourself, you will never see the divine promises of God. Because you don't believe in yourself. You don't believe that God can come through for you. You don't believe that God can do exceedingly, abundantly above that which we may ask or think according to the power that is within you. You, I have people who believe in this house that God can do great things in your life. Do you believe it? Can you see it in your heart that God can do great things? And if I could see it with just that one simple example of having failed a grade. Yeah. And a lady came to me and said, I believe in you, but please help me to believe in you as well. Oh. He, she was saying, help me to believe in the one that is in you. Because in him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being. He said, wake up the Christ that is inside of you. Amen. Because I have already woken the one that is in me. Amen. Wake up the one that is in you. Yeah. And so that he will not only be in you, but every time you see me, you will understand that he's also around you. Yes, Lord. When I walk around here and I speak to you, I know that Christ is in me. But every time when I lay my eyes on you and on you, I know that Christ is also around me because he is also inside of each and every person who is in this chapel at this moment. Amen. And he says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Now I understand it because he's saying, you see, where two or three, I will be in you and I will be in him and therefore I will be in you and I will be around you and therefore where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Because I will be in you and I'll also be around you. Amen. And you'll have divine provisions. Mm. And that is how divine provisions come about. That Christ is in you and he's also around you. And when he is around you, there are people who can open doors for you that no man can open. Amen. There are doors that can only be opened through believing. I didn't even have to buy that teacher to progress me to the next class. I just simply believed. Yeah. And the Lord provided. Amen. Because I believed in relation to the one mm. who is in me and the one that is around me. Christ is in you and Christ is around you. That's why you need to go to church. Never buy into this thing. Christ is only in you but he's not around you. Because he can only be around you when you've got other people. He lives in people. He does not live in things. I said he lives in people. He does not live in things. Amen. You can surround yourself with your beautiful house and say, well, Christ is around me. Look at all of my beautiful house. Those are things, side effects. Amen. But it is not where Christ lives. Christ yeah. lives in the person that is next to you. Amen. And therefore, the person sitting next to you is your greatest resource. Oh, yes. 
and that's why we need to be charitable. We need to love one another. We need to care about one another. We need to affirm one another. We need to encourage one another. When somebody is discouraged, you need to go to that person and encourage that person. Provide for that person what has been provided for you. Be to that person what has been, how others have been to you. And this lady came to me and said, you know what, I believe in you. I believe in you. I, can, I know you are ashamed of yourself. I know you are down and out, but I believe in you. I believe in you. But please wake up the one that is inside of you as well so that we can believe. And the Bible says, if you believe and I believe. Oh! If you believe and I believe. Yes. Huh? Do you know that song that says, if you believe and I believe and we together pray. Can you imagine if me and you believe, my brother? Can you imagine if we hold hands and me and you, we believe? What will be able to happen? And me and this lady, we believed and I said, ma'am, I believe. You believe and I believe and you believe and I believe and you believe and I believe. And at the end of the day, to cut the long story short, I became one of the best learners in that school. I was the worst learner in the best school, but let me tell you, I became the best learner in the worst school. Amen. Because God wanted to prove to me that the traditions of men makes the word of God to be of no effect. He wanted to prove to me that he is my provider, nobody else, but only him, he is my provider, and he restored my soul. He restored. I went to that school with a broken heart and he restored my soul. Amen. Let me tell you about a man who also went to the cross with a broken heart. Amen. And it is said this man, his name was John. And when he was there, he was sitting there with a broken heart. How do you know that he was with a broken heart, Pastor? I know that he was with a broken heart because Jesus told them that all of you will be forsake me, will forsake me, because it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Amen. And at an appointed Amen. hour, it so happened that when they captured him, all of them forsook him. And they ran away from him. They ran in all directions. But when he was hanging on the cross, yeah. just before he gave his life, when he looked down, he saw one of them and he was ashamed of himself and he was sitting there next to his mother. But let me tell you, irrespective of the fact that this man had shamed himself and ran away from Christ. You see, we shame ourselves when we run away from him. Yes, Lord. We shame ourselves when we run away from him. But let me tell you, with that shame, come back to him and stand next to the cross and say, I know I ran away from you and I come back with my shame. And he was standing there in his shameful self and Jesus saw him. Somebody says, see me, Jesus. Somebody said, see me, Jesus. And Jesus saw him standing there with his mother. And this disciple was so ashamed of himself, he couldn't even look up. You see, when you are ashamed of yourself, you can't even look up at people because your low self-esteem has taken care, has taken you captive. You can't even lift up your eyes. 
And that becomes the greatest curse that you can ever bring upon yourself because you doubt yourself. And this man was doubting himself and he was standing there. But I give him credit for one thing, that despite the fact that he doubted himself, he stood there. And that's what I give you credit for. That there are so many things that happened into your life, very shameful things. But despite the fact that you shamed yourself, you are still coming to church and saying, Lord, I'm still here. I don't know what is it that you did and with whom that you do it, but at the end of the day, you are still hanging there and saying, Lord, I came to your cross. I am ashamed of myself. I don't deserve to be here because the first thing that I did was to run away. But at least sometimes I'm ashamed, but I'm back. And he was ashamed and he was back and he was looking down. He was looking down at himself and you know how ashamed of yourself you are ashamed and you, you feel so naked about yourself and that's when Christ looked at him and he said woman behold your son the one thing that we need when people are ashamed of themselves is to give them affirmation is to give them affirmation. When people are ashamed of themselves, all you need to do, even if you can't say anything to that person, all you need to do is to just put your hand on that person's shoulder to give them affirmation to say, I am still here. And Jesus looked at him and said, Woman, behold your son. Look at how ashamed he is. Behold him. Behold him. And this woman beheld me when I was ashamed of myself. I went into that school ashamed of myself and she looked at me and said there is no need for you to be so ashamed all you need is just to believe and if you believe and I believe and we together pray if you believe and I believe and we together pray miracles will happen and that is what Christ said to his woman and said woman behold your son and he said when all else is said and done son when thou art converted strengthen your brothers son when thou art converted strengthen your mother and he said and 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 son behold your mother and it happened last year in 2019 that i was invited to the same school and this time it received 20 percent pass rate their pass rate was so bad and they invited me and they said come and speak to the learners we have read about your testimony of the wonderful things that the Lord has done into this school. And when I got there and I stood on that podium, just before I spoke to the learners, and I turned to my left, and they said, we have also invited three women from the retirement village to come and put in weight to the learners. And when I turned around, oh my goodness, I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw what I saw. It was the very same woman that spoke words to me. And I said, do you see this woman? I have moved from being a failure to a professor because of the words that she spoke into my life. Mm. And I was standing there, I was beholding her. And I said, if it were not of this woman, I wouldn't have moved from shame to fame. If it were not of this woman, I wouldn't have been who I am today. If it were not of this woman, I wouldn't have progressed in life. If it were not of the Christ that is in this woman, I wouldn't have been who I am at this moment. If it were not of the light that shone on this shadow that is called a woman, I wouldn't have been who I am today. And therefore, I am the sum total 
of everything else that this woman spoke into my life because it was the Christ in him that was speaking to to me, beholding me, affirming me, encouraging me, restoring my soul. And I said, I'm standing before you today to say, indeed it is true that where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of them. I have seen Christ in this woman. And he spoke to me, and now I'm back again to come and speak to him, to her, and say, I have seen Christ in you. And the Christ that I saw in you, let it be the Christ that you will speak to each and every child. And that is what divine provision is all about. It's about the Christ in us. The hope for all glory. The Christ in us. There's Christ inside of each and every one of us that provides for us in a supernatural way. And when you have Christ in you, I came to realize that there are no failures in this world. There is no a person who is called a failure. Failing is an event. It is not a person. Yesterday, past last last night, And there's no person, man of God, that is called a fake. A fake is an event, is not a person. Yesterday ended last night. You might fake things, but you are not a faker. You might have failed some grace, but you are not a failure. We should not allow people to put labels on us. Because we have supernatural provision of God who says who I am and whose I am. And he does not see me in relation to an event. He sees me in relation to my future. If that woman never looked at me and saw a future in me, I wouldn't have this supernatural provision in my life. And I'm looking at each and every one of you and I see the supernatural provision of God inside of your life that is going to provide for you, is going to provide for you. I see the supernatural provision of God in each and every one of you because he lives inside of each and every one of you. He is in you. You are not what happened to you. I don't know what happened to you, but you are not what happened to you and you are not what you did. And therefore, we need to move out of that shame and come into the fame. And the one that makes us famous is the Christ in us. I am famous because I know somebody who is famous and his name is Jesus. I am a celebrity by association. I'm associated with Christ. And that's why I'm a celebrity. You know what is a celebrity? People celebrate my life. Because of what Christ has done for me. You celebrate my life because of what Christ has done for me. People will celebrate your life because of what Christ has done for you. People will celebrate your life and they will celebrate your life. You celebrate your life, they will celebrate your life and celebrate your life. They will celebrate your life and your life because of what Christ has done for you. But be careful once you get to the promises of God and you receive each and everything that you don't see yourself in relation to the promises, but you continue to see yourself in relation to what God has put upon your life. When the children of God occupied the promised land and they had everything around them, Joshua called them and said, if it does not seem pleasing for you to serve God, choose 
for yourself. Whom are you going to serve? Are you going to serve the gods that your fathers served on the other side of the river? Or are you going to serve the gods that you found into this land? And who are the gods that were on the other side of the river? And the Bible tells us those gods were the gods of Terah. Terah was worshipping idols. He was a star worshipper. You see, I looked at this program, yeah, idols, and I said, what are idols? Idols are stars. So Terah was producing stars, and he was worshipping those stars. And Frankl says the same thing. He says when man was a creature, he saw himself in the image of his creator, God. But ever since man has become an inventor, he sees himself in the image of his inventions. He sees himself in the image of the things that he makes out of his hands. Are you worshipping God? Or are you worshipping the things that you have created out of your own hands? Are you worshipping God or are you worshipping stars? Are you worshipping God or are you worshipping the things that you make yourself? The Bible says, he that cometh to God must believe that he is the rewarder that them of them that diligently seek him. And he says, him, he that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. He that worship his God must worship him in spirit and in truth. The supernatural provision comes from God. So we come here because we want to worship God in spirit and in truth. And our expectation is only from him. It doesn't come from anywhere else. Lest he takes away that he has given us. Not only him taking it away, but you take it away yourself. Because you lose direction. The minute you lose direction, that is when you lose everything else that God has given you. And never allow your eyes to move from the ball. Amen. Amen. Let us all stand. Never allow your eyes to move from the ball. Never allow your eyes to move from the ball. Never worship me. No, 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 no. Don't worship me. Don't worship me. Don't say I want to go to that church because the pastor is a professor. No, 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 no. No, no. You are here for wrong reasons. I am, don't make me an idol. Don't make me a star. Don't make me an invention. No, 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 no. But we need to come here because there's somebody that is alive inside of you and there's someone that is alive in me. He has given you something. He has given me something. And let's put it together and let us see what can we do out of that which God has put inside of you and he has put inside of me. And he says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you, Lord, for your presence in this house. I thank you, Lord, that we are not failures. I thank you, Lord, that failing is an event. It is not a person. I thank you, Lord, that you are going to do exceedingly, abundantly above that which we may ask or think. I thank you, Lord, that we can only depend and rely on your supernatural provisions. I thank you, Lord, that you are a charitable God. You are God, our provider. You keep on doing great things, and we are only expecting great things from you. Our expectations are not from men, but our expectations are from God. We thank you, Lord, for your word that came out this morning. 
Help us, Father God, to always be charitable. Help us, Father God, to always offer ourselves and give in each and every way possible. Help us, Father God, to be able to extend our hands and bless and affirm and give your children encouragement. Help us, Lord, that when we are in shame, you will send others who will encourage us and will be able to rise out of whatever situation. Because you will be in us, Father God. We believe in you, Lord. We depend on you, Lord. You have always been there for us forever, Lord. But even more important, Lord, help us to believe in ourselves. Help us to believe in ourselves. To believe in the one that is in us. When we believe in ourselves, we believe in the one that is in us. And we believe, Father God, in the one that we have bestowed inside of each and every one of your children. We thank you, Lord, for your weight. We thank you, Lord, for your grace. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, 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 holy. Holy, 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 holy. The greatest thing that you provided for us is nothing else but the Holy Spirit, Father God. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Let your presence come inside of your, our hearts. Let your presence come inside of our hearts. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom is your presence inside of our hearts. Let your presence manifest itself inside of our hearts. Let your presence, Lord, let your presence, Lord, mutemba hao, mumetenga haruruna tate. Rerapela mutemba hao, mrena. That is the divine provision that we are praying for. Your kingdom is your divine provision. And your divine provision is Christ. The Christ in us. The Christ in us, the hope for all glory. We pray to Christ because he comes from you. We worship Christ because he comes from you. And when we worship Christ, we know that our prayers will definitely reach heaven. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you have done. Bless each and every one of your children, Lord, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let the saints say amen. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah.